allow the day to unfold. Allow the time we get to be the time you get the T1. Allow how many people are in front of you in the bathroom line to be that many people. Allow the water temperature to be the water temperature. Like allow these things to constantly show up without judgment. And just here, here's your adventure. Here's your day. One experience after another. And you just keep going through the calm flow. Okay, we've got five minutes before we have to get in line. Great. What do I need to do? Versus like, oh my God, I need to, I need to get this. I need to get my wetsuit on. It was just, what do I need to do right now? And if you treat the whole day as a, a delivery of um, experience, then you're never getting caught up too far or too too far behind into what is actually happening right now. So just meet it with everything with new opportunity. Okay, we're standing in line right now. Great. Okay, well, now we're in the water. Okay, I just got hit by somebody on the swim. Okay, you just move forward. I'm on the bike. I missed an aid station. Okay, well, I'll hit the next one. And you're constantly staying in flow and calm, knowing that you'll, you'll always be provided for. Welcome back to the O Show, you guys. It's May 2021, and we, is it May 2020? Yeah, it's May 2021, and we are here bringing you some open and honest chat about, uh, we're going to dive in a little bit to the Costa Rica retreat I just came off of, Beach's world championship performance at the North American Championship for 70.3 uh, St. George, and, um, and then we went up north and we saw our friend Iron Cowboy. So we got some juicy stuff to dive into, and a couple of people have, you know, asked if we were doing a SmackDown, and I asked for specific questions, but the answers that I got, which, uh, thank you, it's such a compliment, was just like, the way we typically unroll it is exactly how they want to hear it, and they don't want to put any <laughs> agenda on it, although we do have one uh, person on the team, Kat, who uh, is all about the Jedi mind tricks as she dives into this so deep, which is so cool, so we'll dive into all of that. And a couple little housekeeping things. Um, first of all, thank you, everybody, for your Patreon support. It's what's keeping this podcast commercial free. It's what's keeping the Awake Athlete podcast commercial free. And I think that's freaking amazing. What do you think about that? Yeah. Not that commercials are bad. I just, yeah. I don't want to talk about <laughs> underwear or life insurance. I don't. I don't. I like the alternate. I like the other side of it, as in we're building more community. So we've got Yogi Triathlete community. And then we carry it over to some more, you know, specific things on Patreon. And I, I, yeah, it keeps commercials off the podcast, which is amazing because you and I listen to podcasts and we're always like forward, forward, forward for the first 15 minutes sometimes of a podcast. But we're also building a community. You know, the Wake Athlete community is part of it. Um, Yoga community, uh, free live uh, yoga on Zoom. So we're building this other um, platform well, the platform is P Patreon, but we're building this other experience where we can interact one-on-one -on -one with people. And uh, the more we can do that, obviously, uh, the more we are pursuing this journey and mission of Yogi Triathlete. Yeah. And so for $10 a month, you get two yoga classes a week. For $20 a month on Patreon, you get two yoga classes per week, plus the recordings of those um of those classes for seven days, unless I forget to delete them, and then you have them for an undetermined amount of time. But uh, you know, a dream that I had from early on in my teaching career was I wanted to be able to 
what's the word I'm looking for? Provide. I wanted to be able to provide a platform for affordable yoga and $10 a month for typically eight classes a week is, um, I would say that's affordable. Yeah, that's, (laughs) it's mind blowing for the type of yoga, like remove the heated studio from it. We're, we're building a yoga practice, a yoga community that matches movement with breath and presence and a kick-ass workout. Yeah, which the athletes love. Which athletes so love. So if you're curious in that, uh, come on board, check it out. But we have we had typically been doing Monday mornings, 7 a.m. Pacific time, and Thursday afternoons, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, which worked out really good for us. But the attendance started to dwindle, and I'm not... I'm not fooling around with dwindled participation. I felt like the first like three years of Yogi Triathlete was just sitting in an empty room and practicing non-attachment. Free yoga? <laughs> Anyone? Like, like just Anyone? sitting in an empty studio and practicing an abundance mindset. And there's no practicing lack in this to that universe. Abundance meditation, like <laughs> yeah, the Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor. Yeah, <laughs> like if anybody's having over. a if you're burning in the fire of financial karma, check out Bob Proctor's Abundance Meditation. It was passed on to us from somebody who was burning in the fire of financial karma, and then we used it. And it's really awesome. It, it helped me change my relationship to money. I mean, I wouldn't change any of it. Uh, it was, but, you know, we were full speed ahead with the brakes on. Like, it was just like, oh, my God, creating momentum is, uh, is such an adventure. And that's why we're so passionate about not stopping Momentum, like don't stop momentum. So, um, yeah, we thought the Thursday four thirty was fabulous. Really worked well for us. But uh, as soon as we get comfortable with something, the universe asks us to shift. So now we're doing Thursday morning six a.m. So um, Pacific time. Yeah, our neighbor who literally is like right below us right now, like right. She's like her bed's like right below the mat. And the reason why I know where her bed is is because we used, we used to, to live, live there. Down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, she's a sweetheart, and um, so we'll be very quiet on Thursday morning, 6 a.m. Pacific. So check it out, patreon.com forward slash yogi triathlete. That kind of feels like a commercial, but it's like make a statement, man. Like this community is so cool, and people are making a statement. They're saying, I want yoga because I'm a kick-ass athlete, and I want a kick-ass workout, and I want a kick-ass mind. And um, and we're saying, yeah, we're going to give back because we so appreciate your $10. A little bit. And we love what we every do. Day, over a long period of time. Clearly, we've, um, over those, especially in those early years, we've shown that when you love something so much like we did, that you would do it for no money at all. <laughs> we are clear examples that that is how it goes. But you're Detachment. always provided for, man, always. the stories, right? I think that's that's possibly like a quick book that you may be able to put, throw together, these short little stories from our trip on the road and our experience building Yogi Triathlete. Yeah. Let me work. Let me just focus on what I'm doing now, but we already have no, a title for that book. We're going to shift on that one. Every, no, I've shifted way <laughs> too many times. You should see my Google Drive. That's why it's private. You don't have access to my writing folder. Or do I? <laughs> no, you don't. I made sure of that. Okay. Uh, what else? So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, new yoga class and uh, the team. You want to talk about the team or? Yeah, sure. What's the, going on with the team, dude? Team is growing exponentially. Um, the expansion is is here. Uh, see, races are back on. Probably that's what's kickstarting this thing. But we, well, and I think our Superfly kit. Oh, our gear is so awesome. Like 
yeah, I'm going to say it's awesome. It is. I had my first chafe-free race uh, last Saturday in dry, hot conditions where I was pouring water on myself. And yeah, anyway. Fertile ground um, for chafing. Fertile ground, for sure. <laughs> chafing. I've, yeah. Slip and slide, baby. It was awesome. The gear is great. The design is great. Thank you, Kristen, uh, Mayor. And, um, and so the team, yeah, I've talked to a few athletes already this week. Uh, after St. George, who are looking to to come upon um, come on the team, and a lot of what they're experiencing is they just feel this compelling urge to get back into triathlon, uh, and also the 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 athletes that are just discovering us, noticing like, oh my God, yoga, uh, meditation, and endurance sports like together. You put in, in plant based nutrition, like you're putting all that together. Like these are my people, so uh, as I have these conversations, you know, it gets me really excited to where Yogi Triathlete is going to be in a, a year from now. So I see us in 2022, like one of those clubs at you know Ironman or on the on the trails that are you know coming in a force. You can see them everywhere. Yeah, well, I think we'll have a good contingency at Mendocino next year. Um, but yeah, I see another coach coming on, triathlon coach coming on and, um, Liz just maxing out in the best way possible. So Liz is our running coach. She's got a lot of skin in the game. She's been running for a really long time. She's been coaching for a really long time. She coaches high school. She coaches adults. She coaches pretty much anybody who's willing to lace up their shoes, um, but she offers very much the Yogi Triathlete experience. She's been with us. She's definitely an OG Yogi Triathlete. So check her out. You can get more information about her on our website or through Running on Venti. But if you're interested in working with Liz for running, because Beach is not taking on any runners at this point, because the guy is dedicated full, to his passion, full. which is multi-sport. Yeah. I would love it. I was talking to you in the car. You know, I had that little feeling there that I would be going long, like hundred mile trail runs. Like I was like, oh, this is, and then it was like, just stay focused, you know, and, and oh my God, yeah. stay focused. And I've heard that from my old coach. Uh, I've heard that from my meditation teacher. It's like, stay the course. And I wouldn't stay the course if it didn't feel good. Like every time I think about doing a triathlon or getting to Ironman or getting, you know, doing Ironman or getting to Kona, it lights me up. Like it fills my cup. Uh, it overflows my cup. And this weekend was, our last weekend was was evidence of that. So yeah, I, I stay focused, stay on point and, and uh, guide athletes to, to the success that they deserve. And I've been in the game a long time now. Um, I think this is my 18th year in the sport. So that's super cool. Yeah. And for you, how about Costa Rica, the yoga retreat that, uh, is two years in the making? Yeah, two years in the making. You know, it's, so, it's so funny because I was looking at my numerology calendar and at the, like the 2021 year, it said uh, you planted seeds two years ago and it comes to fruition. And I had this hit that it was like in the springtime. And I just realized today, like on that run, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was the Costa Rica retreat. That was what it was. But I planted a lot of seeds. I think I said that at the beginning of this um at this year on our show, was talking about our intentions uh, for 2021. Mine still are, 
you know, raising the bar on unconditional love, noticing when I'm loving with condition and, uh, and then also living a more vibrant life, which I think we've done. Oh my gosh. Like between, it's funny last year in 2020, and I know you asked me about Costa Rica. Now I'm talking about the hit, the beginning of the pandemic, but last year in 2020, we had all these amazing yogis on. If you guys haven't listened to David G or Julie Pyatt or Sean Korn or Brian Kest, like they were such guiding lights at the beginning of the pandemic. And then this year, it's like we got all the food people. Rip Esselstyn, Dr. Goldhammer. We just did a interview with Chef AJ this week. And we've got several more amazing people on the, uh, on the list. And it's just so cool how that comes in. So that has helped me follow through on my intention to live a more vibrant life. So yeah, Costa Rica happened. And Oh man, like we, there was, you saw behind the scenes, there was incredible turbulence. Uh, And it wasn't just like rescheduling. That wasn't the turbulence. There was some turbulence with guests, like like really amazing opportunities to let our yes be yes, to allow, to be okay, uh, no matter what how things were unfolding. And that wasn't like a ton. Like we, we had, we had some, some uproars. <laughs> but the three of us, Meg, Valerie, and I, like, we just kept coming to, we just like were this unshakable, like, rock in the center of it all. That, and I think it speaks volumes that we all work with Meditator Bob and we were all trained by the same yoga teachers. So we have this philosophy for life. And one of those philosophies is letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Because if you start crumbling on your yes, then other things are going to crumble in your life. And so it's not devastating. I'm sure there's plenty of times that I don't let my yes be yes, but on big things, I really hone in on it. Like you were saying, Beach, like stay focused. There's so much distraction. And we were talking to Bob not that long ago, and we were, he was talking about how much we try and avoid pain. So we like, we read the book or we do the seminar, or we do the thing and it's all so that we can feel more comfortable when really we just need to take a step into what it is that we are inevitably going to face. And so we had such a wonderful adventure over these two years that was really easy and really hard at times and a lot of letting go. And then you know, we rescheduled to October 2020, and then the borders weren't open yet, so we had to make a call there. Obviously, we weren't going to get into the country. And then there was another whole shift of people signing on and people letting go, like they couldn't go in April and all that. And we just allowed. We were like, like, let the universe do the heavy lifting. And the three of us would come together once a month, and we would meditate, and we would talk, and we would imagine the jungle and we would feel the heat and we would hear the breeze and we would like feel the ocean and the and the just the love um, that we had heard is so apparent at Blue Spirit Retreat Center. And we just stayed steadfast. Like these girls are really strong to uh, align myself with two women that I feel are as as powerful and as strong as I am is just such a gift. And what people don't know is that Valerie, Meg, and I never worked together before. Valerie and I are like sisters from many, many, many... We've been... Bob says that we've been friends for a really long time, like many lifetimes. It's so amazing. And Meg... Um, Meg is somebody who used to do my sign-in at Newport Power Yoga, and you just love her. Like, you just immediately 
want to be around her because her presence is so strong and her heart is so big and she's just an intelligent, amazing woman who's done incredible work with mindfulness um, in schools with children. Like she's just amazing. But we had never worked together. We had moved. I never even took Meg's class. Like Val was still kind of a beginner teacher when I was there. And now she's, you know, she's one of the best around there. And, um, and people kept commenting during the retreat about our synergy. Like, I don't, like the three of you, my God, like you must be working together for a long time or, but we hadn't. It was the first time we had ever worked together. And we realized it was because we represent a balance of all the elements. I am fire and a little bit of water and Meg is earth and water and Val is ether and air. So we all, those water, earth, ether, air, and fire are the elements that make up everything. So there's a combination of that within you, combination of that within me and the three of us together. And I think that was the balance that I was feeling all year round. So it was really cool to have this retreat. Okay. So we ended up with nine of us total, right? So there's three teachers. So we had six guests and on paper, like, what do you think that looks like? Six guests. Don't go. Yeah. That means don't go. You're not making any money. And we had made a decision a long time ago that no matter what, we're going. Because the people who were signed up were like, hell or high water, we're going to Costa Rica. Do not cancel this trip. My sister was one of them. And, uh, and one of our athletes was another one of them. And we were like, we're going. We don't, we, we, it is so important for us to go. Another reason why it was so important for us to go, not just our guests, not just on letting our yes be yes, but this is an area of the world that, requi- that depends on tourism. Their borders were closed. They weren't getting tourism. This retreat center is typically filled to the hilt. Like when we booked for 2022, we had two weeks that we had to choose from. Like this place is totally booked. And um, obviously a lot of the retreats were canceled. A lot of the guests, you know, were um, not feeling comfortable traveling. And, and that was fine. This is another example of vibrational alignment coming in, you know, being delivered to us so perfect. But we just kept saying, like, there's something amazing. And if we make a decision based on what calculations look like, like, that's, that's crazy. So we went and we experienced what I believe to be a once in a lifetime experience. We had the entire retreat center to ourselves. There was retreats that checked out the day we got there and retreats that checked in the day we left. And that week, there was a couple other people that we met, um, who were super cool, this girl Hannah from uh, Eng- from London or England, uh, another guy, and then this other couple. And they were there for a couple of days. And we, you know, when you've got nine people and then three other people, like, y- you know, you talk and things like that. But that was it. It was nine of us in a fully staffed retreat center on, I think it's 300 or 500 acres of a turtle preserve in a blue zone in Costa Rica. And we were like, every day, right? We were like, this is crazy. Oh my gosh, like the gifts kept coming. And the the diversity of the people that were on this retreat was just so magnificent. And um, there were really deep bonds that were made. And you never quite know like what it's going to be like. But the first night, like we got there on Saturday or, you know, we, the retreat started on Saturday. And Saturday night we came together and it was like, 
I don't know, the first person who spoke, it was like, oh, we're, oh, we're going, oh, we're going deep on this. This is good. And we went so deep and I mean, so many things aligned, like there was a new moon and there happened to be bioluminescence and it just played into this blueprint that we had for a schedule, but we had no idea what the fine details were going to be. So we knew it was two yoga classes a day, two meditations a day, a couple workshops, but every day all the blank spaces were filled with just divine inspiration and alignment with the nature that just made everything so much more than we could have imagined. And so I go into this kind of detail and I tell this kind of story because all of our possibilities are in the unknown. And if we're constantly making decisions on you know what makes sense as opposed to what's on our heart, the pull from our heart and the determination to see this through to the end was so incredibly strong and the rewards, right? You do the work for the sake of the work. And it, that doesn't mean that you don't get rewards. The rewards were insane. It was like when I went to India and I was like, oh my God, I have to, like, they have to stop giving to me. I need to give to them. It was one of those experiences, although I'm better at receiving now. I mean, we went surfing. Um, the beach could not be better for running. Amazing. Um, so definitely if you're somebody who's like, I can't just do yoga for a week. Um, I was running almost every day. And, um, and by the way, uh, doing 14 hours of yoga in seven days is no joke, uh, especially with the way these girls from the East Coast teach. Um, but it was awesome. We had a, our morning, strong morning vinyasa practice. And then there was a five o'clock practice that was anything from um, we did restorative, we did kind of slow flow, we did kind of like yin and yang, so really bringing it and then taking it way down. But yeah, it was it was more than I could have imagined, and we are going back next year. So, Can you talk about the coffee? <laughs> oh my God. You brought me home some coffee. coffee. That yeah, so it was, was funny because yeah. I stayed... Okay, first of all, should I announce the dates for next year? Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, the yeah. dates for next year are May 7th to the 14th. So we'll put a link in the show notes. Go check it out. Don't hesitate. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be, now we've got, now we've got structure. Now we've got lay of the land. Now we've, and we're going to have a more open country. So we're looking at things like um, going to this uh, animal sanctuary. And I don't know if we can just volunteer for a day, but at least going there, we've got, we've got a lot more construct around um, what it's like to actually be there. And one of the things about being there is the coffee is amazing. So I think I was texting you because I was at the Hilton. Um, so I, I recommend flying in at least a day before, staying at the Hilton at the airport, and then unless your flight gets in early, and then getting up to Blue Spirit um, on Saturday, which is when the retreats start. And so here I am at the Hilton. And like, what's the if I have a hard line in this life, it's I don't drink the coffee at the hotel because it's crappy. And you always try and give it a shot. You're like, I'm just going to give it a shot. And it's always disgusting. And I was texting you, I'm like, oh, the coffee. And you were like, you're in Costa Rica. So I was like, do you think the coffee's going to be good at the Hilton? And it was amazing. Yeah, the coffee's amazing. And so we've spent time at Krupalu 
right? Where you got to go to the gift shop to buy your coffee. Like they don't sell, or the cafe, they don't sell, they don't have coffee in, you know, with the, in the dining hall. Well, in Costa Rica, it's totally different. Not only do they have coffee in the dining hall, but it's like all day long. So the first couple of days I was like, okay, this is, and there's no decaf. And you can go to the cafe. I think you can get decaf there. But I was like, you know, getting really used to having like a cup of coffee after lunch. And I'm like, this has got to stop. I can't do that. That's, that's not good for me. Um, but it was, yeah, it was delicious. And then I brought you some home, which we enjoyed. Yeah, we enjoyed for a few days because we went through it super yeah, quick. Yeah, we ripped through it. What was, because uh, you, you mentioned um, you traveled, did you travel on a Monday? Because you, you fasted on your oh, flight. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because so, we've been fasting on Mondays and I think it coincided a little bit. So I think I have this like trifecta for uh, air travel that is just untouchable. I think it's amazing. Okay, first thing. A couple months ago, I saw that Dr. Lindsay from Inside Out Sport, uh, Inside Out Strength and Performance posted this thing about JIC peeing, which is just in case peeing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a total just in case peer, right? Like just in case, oh, let me try Before I leave the house. Yeah, let, let me, me go get, like, I don't know what, right. like I must've had some kind of traumatizing pee my pants event when I was a child. Um and so I was like, I'm not going to JICP anymore because she also puts all these reasons why you shouldn't, like your bladder is meant to expand and it's like you can weaken it and you should only, you know, void your bladder when it's full. And I was like, I was having this like life changing moment. And so I was like, okay, no more, no more JICPing. So I got rid of just in case peeing, right? So like, I'm going to go one more time before they board the flight. I've been meditating on the plane since, you know, we started working with Meditator Bob because you're at 30, whatever, 5,000 feet. The air up there is more subtle. You're in more subtle energy. And even though you're in this can in the sky, the only reason why we think that there's walls and constructs to a plane is because we believe that a plane is a thing, right? But energy does not stay out of the plane, right? Like the plane, the mm-hmm. energy that's in the plane is going out into the into the atmosphere. The energy of the atmosphere is coming into the plane. So you're actually at in subtler energy. So you can have some really deep meditations on the plane. So no JICPing, no meditations, and then fasting. So I fasted on my two days of travel, which was awesome because when you, when we, first of all, we don't abstain from food enough. Now I'm like, I'm so on the fasting train because I've been reading this book or this book came in the mail, which is really interesting prior to the work, to the retreat. And I was doing a workshop on the yoga of food. And this book is written by Swami Satchidananda, which is our guru's guru, right? Our guru's guru. I got a book from my guru's guru. And um, so it came in the mail from this woman who um, was a moderator on a panel that I sat on for Yoga Goes Vegan. But it was just so interesting how I get this book in the mail prior to the retreat that was written by our teacher's teacher. And he's talking about how we just like don't abstain from food. It's ridiculous. Uh, and that we need to abstain from food. Why? Um, here's a little like side story about it. If you're here's a way to look at it. Like if you're always at the front door letting people in, you're never, your closets are never going to get clean. 
Like we need to step away from constantly putting food in our mouth so that we can clean the closets of our body temple. So what a great, so airplanes aren't typically like the best vibe, right? Like people are panicked, they're nervous, they're, you know, nervous that they have to pee and they didn't pee one more time before they got on the plane. There's, you know, their ears are popping in babies' bodies and it's painful and it's loud and... So, and you, and you're on the plane, you know, you, there's always a waft of like fast food and things like that. And so what an optimal place to allow your body to clean its closets is when you're in an environment, an enclosed environment with a whole bunch of people that you don't have any control over their energy whatsoever. So yeah, fasting. I fasted on the plane because when you abstain from food, your body heals. And Dr. Goldhammer is going to drop tomorrow. This is Sunday and he's dropping tomorrow. So you guys will have all the scientific information about it. But what a better place. I can't think of a better place to maybe the hospital where you're in an environment that's not very healthy and you can empower your body to heal. And plus, there's nothing really good to eat. They're not giving you anything good. They're giving you high fat, um, calorically dense food, and you're not moving. And that's another thing. Like you want to rest when you fast is something that we have found out. And so here I am resting for you know nine hours on the plane and in airports. My body's healing. My immune system's going up. I'm in a heightened awareness, and I'm meditating, and I'm not panicking about peeing. The trifecta. It's it's the best. Well, Goldhammer also talks about how we we feel like anything you know three to five hours we're gonna like these peanuts are really gonna satiate us um, going across the country when we fly, and it really it's a f- window where you could possibly be sleeping. You don't eat anyway, so or meditating or meditating. You could be so meditating. we freak out when we don't have access to food on the plane. I know, and uh, he just questions that, challenges that. Yeah, it's crazy. And you proved it. I, yeah. So I fasted on the way there, and I broke my fast when I got to Blue Spirit, and the food is magnificent. Um, super eat. I mean, it's pretty much all vegan. They do sometimes. You'll have they'll have like a cow's milk yogurt, and they'll say that like it's vegetarian, pescatarian. There was a couple nights where they had fish, um, but. It's nothing where you're like, oh, like, oh, there's so much animal juice on the <laughs> on the line. It's not. It, the food's amazing. Oh, and then every day, like watermelon water, star fruit juice, um, lemon and ginger water. Like, oh my what god. What about the monkeys? Just, yeah, the monkeys <laughs> too. The howler monkeys. <laughs> Nobody told us about the howler monkeys and. Um, we woke up on the first day around 5 a.m. to what sounded like a rabid tiger outside. Or like in Lost, you were like, you remember that thing in Lost? Yeah. That you couldn't see, but you could hear it Sorry. and knew it was coming? I did a video on it. I was like, Valerie was like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And we were like, this is so exciting. So we opened up the windows and we were staying in these nature suites, which were like very much in the jungle. And um, we were like, what is that? And we found out that they're these little monkeys, these howler monkeys, which you end up seeing every single day. Um, And they're the second loudest animal on earth. They make the second loudest noise, second to like the bull elephant. Wow. 
and they oh, and the families and they're just yeah they're so carrying cute. their I, I, obviously I had to YouTube it and see what they were mm-hmm. like when you sent that and you see them carrying the little babies oh my god jumping from tree to tree and then you hear the roar and you're like okay yeah the roar is crazy and the roar is just like hey yo other monkeys my crew's over here stay away and that's all it is so they're like we're over here and then there's another group they're like we're over here we should all just get together and be like whisper like hey I'm over here. Yeah, it's so it's here. so cool. So the studio that we had, this is another thing. We had the the Sky Mind Hall studio the entire week to ourselves, which is this studio that's at the top level of the main building and there's it's all huge glass windows that slide open. So you just let the jungle in. And typically typically there's 150 guests plus staff. <laughs> So if you can imagine, there was nine of us plus staff. So it was such an intimate experience. We knew everybody on the on the line in the dining hall, the cafe people, um, the uh, women in the gift shop. Like it was just, we were all buddies. It was so cool. And we would do our five o'clock sundown yoga because the sun would set and the sun was setting and we're so high up, we're as high as the treetops. And that's where the howler monkeys stay. So you see them traversing along as you're in warrior one and you're looking at the ocean and this amazing beach and this cove. And then you're seeing these like families of monkeys. And and then there's these bugs called the cicadas, which kind of sounds like somebody put on a fire alarm and never shut it off. It's like, like the first night I was like, oh my God, it did feel like, it definitely felt like lost. And the birds, and I mean, it's just, it's so unbelievable. There's 5% of the world's biodiversity is in Costa Rica, and I can't even imagine what percentage is on this preserve in this jungle. It's really amazing. Yeah. So what are the dates again for next year? May 7th to the 14th. And they can sign up now. Heck yeah. We're giving first priority to the people who came. Um, first priority for them to pick rooms, but we we all the rooms that we have are amazing. We actually didn't inc- reserve platform tents or eco cottages, but we can do that for the eco minded athletic person who doesn't doesn't mind hauling themselves up <laughs> to the main building. They're really cool experiences, but I have to tell you, like you know, I kind of like AC, like when you're in the jungle. Um, but we do have those options available. And the eco cottages, Valerie and I kind of went all around the grounds and we saw them. They're really cool and they have ceiling fans and they're very well ventilated. They're beautiful private bathrooms, um, but there's just no AC. So those are really affordable, really affordable options uh, if people are interested in that. But the price includes all of your food, which is amazing. Um, coffee. Co- all of your coffee and, uh, and the retreat. And there's different price points. Awesome. Yeah. So that'll be in the show notes. That'll be in the show notes. Yeah. yeah cool. it so was, act on it, guys. If you feel, if you oh, hear this, this, the description of, you know, just the coffee alone, like <laughs> get down there and, um, and be a part of this. Um, but also because of the experience with And the you running. Three. Like you could easily, easily run a 10K just on this beach alone at low tide, totally flat. It's ideal running. 
Um, so you could do that twice, make it a half marathon. I never quite got around the bend, but I know that there's just more beach. And actually, I was talking to one of the locals about trails, and he said the trail systems are really nice. So I bet there's amazing trail running too. We kind of kept close to home. We went into town a couple of times because Blue Spirit just asked us, like, they had a perfect track record of nobody having you know, getting COVID while they were there. And we were a part of that perfect track record. None of our guests got sick. We didn't get sick. Um, but we did go into town a couple of times because it was just us. Like they were totally cool with it, but, um, they do a magnificent, I mean, who knows what it's going to be like in May, probably just be, wide open. um, wide open spaces, yeah. but they were just, they just did a magnificent job at allowing us to be in our group. And, um, and we followed their rules, uh, but when we were in our group, like in our studio, every night we didn't have we didn't have to follow any protocols. I mean, we were tested before, tested after, but yeah, just magnificent beyond everything that everybody told me about Blue Spirit before I got there. Everything that I was feeling and sensing in my meditations, like it was all there, you know, times infinity. Yeah. All right, let's switch gears. Okay. Let's talk about Iron Man St. George. Let's talk about it. 70.3. 70.3. Let's talk about Iron Man St. George 70.3. So, um what was your what was your mindset going in? Uh, I was in complete gratitude um, and appreciation for actually just towing the start line. Uh, 10 weeks prior, I was not even cycling or running. I had this weird thing in my knee. Like I couldn't bend my knee. We were talking about it yesterday because we come down our stairs. It's always an adventure coming down the stairs from the loft. So it can be like I'm running. It can be like I'm walking. It could be like I'm, you know, 95 years old and I'm like going to topple over at any, at any moment. Um, but I couldn't bend my knee. Like I literally couldn't flex my knee. And when I did, it was a, sh- it was a pain. Uh, and walking down the stairs became super difficult and challenging. So 10 weeks prior, I wasn't running or cycling. I was kind of able to walk and I was swimming with limited um, sensation in the, in the leg. Um, so I kept my swimming up. But um, yeah, I was just, when I got to race day, it was, <clears throat> it was all smiles and happiness and joy and doing what I love and having the opportunity to be there. Um, when I noticed so many people were pulling out and shifting and moving to other races and, and didn't train or, you know, just whatever the conditions are, I just felt like I'm here, I'm going to race, whatever it looks like. Even 10 weeks prior, I was like, if I just go and swim and just see what it's like on the bike and then, you know, skip the run or cheer people on, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, it takes a lot of work, I believe, to get to that point. But um, it was kind of, I also had a sense of like, you did it. Like you kept momentum moving forward. You, you stayed committed. You got up every day. You did something that was active. Some days it was just like a little bit of yoga. Cause that's all it felt good on the body. And that's why, that's why you, you do what you do. Like you keep doing little bits here and there. Because eventually little bits keep stacking up. Many small wins, many small wins keep stacking up. And I knew deep down, knowing myself, that this is going to... I just felt in my body that one day this was going to switch. Uh, And it did. You know, I went to go see Lawrence Van Lignan, who 
um, is uh, his business is Inner Runner, and we've had him on the podcast. And I saw him once, and that really released a lot of it. And I saw him the following week, and then it was gone, just like that. So to get to the race day, stoked, happy, fired up, excited, so much excitement. Plus, plus we had the team. You know, Jody and and Tracy um, were there uh, spectating uh, and supporting. And then Ben, Christian, and Laura all were racing. Yeah. Yeah. How does it feel to, like, have other – like, this was such a dream of yours. Like, like there was nothing in your life that was like, yeah, you're going to be coaching Ironman athletes, right? You know what I mean? Like, there was nothing that – there was no evidence there except for this this little dream that you had, and it started early, like when we were. Clark is licking my pants; it's driving me crazy. <laughs> is it my Costa Rica pants? Don't. Um, <laughs> it's so gross when he licks your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him now. <laughs> I wonder if he's showing up in the video. Oh my god, he's cracking me up. But you had this dream early on. I remember when we were working with Craig, and this was early on, that you were like, like I remember Craig talking about you as a coach. And, um, and then you just, like you get those hits and you just feed them a little bit and let them grow on their own. And like, what, is it, what does it mean to you now to have an experience like you had? It's not as restful. Like we definitely like had more interaction and stuff. Like we had so many years of just being like, go in, drop the bag, come back, talk to nobody. Don't stay with us. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have our own place, and it's gonna be far away, and we're gonna go there and only show up here for this particular time. So when you create community, you right. create community, and it right. was so fun. But what does it mean to you? Did you have any moments like maybe when you guys went for your practice swim or finish lines? Or did you have a moment you want to share about the meaning of? you know, following this, this spark, even when it was just a spark and you weren't really feeding it to where it is now. Yeah. I, I talked, you know, getting into coaching came at, at expense of a injury in my body and I couldn't, I couldn't be the athlete I knew I could be. I had to shift gears and shift focus and come out of my depression and, um, uh, focus on lack uh, and I turned that into coaching, you know, coaching um, some people for free, and that sort of lit this possibility, I guess, in, inside me. And uh, I didn't know where it was going to go. Like, you know, a few athletes here and there. We were establishing something pretty, pretty big in Newport when we were living there, and then we hit the road, and then things sort of backpedaled a little bit, and we had to re, re, shift things and and focus and. There were times I was like, I don't know what, what's going to happen here. Like, you know, we've got a handful of athletes and is this ever going to grow to what I see at these races, which are like teams and uniforms and get togethers and a tent with, of the athletes who are not racing on the team and just cheering everybody on and, you know, get together for dinners and conversations. And, and then to see this just come together in St. George after a year of like no racing or, or limited racing and the journey of each athlete that showed up there, what they had to go through to, you know, be there in transition on race mm-hmm. morning, each had their own opportunities to get over. And so how did I feel? I felt 
that was my role was to be there in support of them to share uh, and pull from my experiences because I've experienced you know a lot of things in the 17 years I've been doing this and it sort of lit me up to be able to guide them you know just be the calming voice of reason that it's no big deal you know uh, you forget your bike bag on bike check-in day so what so what? Iron Man says you need to bring your bike bag in. So what? You're going to be there the next day anyway. Just bring it in the next day. And giving that relief, just sort of like, ah, oh, okay. Um, but I feel when we got together for that ride, it was cool. Everybody showed up at our place and we, um, we went for a little spin just to, to t- test things out. I think it was like a 40-minute, 40 45-minute bike. And then we did a little run off the bike. And then we met up later. Uh, at the at the San Hollow Lake for a little swim, and that was cool. Everybody uh, was able to make that work, and we're just all swimming together. It's like we're standing at the shore, and yeah, the water's cold. Yeah, the sign says don't swim here. There's other people swimming there, and it was like, okay, guys, don't put your wetsuits on. You guys ready? Okay, we're just gonna get in, and we're gonna swim to that buoy over there. That's the first thing we're doing. Just get in the water. No hesitation. No waiting in. No, you know rehashing about how cold it is or how far we're going to go. We're just going to get in the water and we're going to swim to that buoy and then we'll reassess. So I just led, I just jumped right in and just started swimming. And then Laura came and Ben came and then Christian came and followed. And <laughs> Christian came and passed you up. Yeah. Christian was the last one to get in first one to the buoy. <laughs> uh, he's a swimmer, obviously. Um, but then we got to that buoy and everybody was like, this is awesome. This is so great. And so you create that intention and, and, vibration right from the start, not the vibration of lack or fear, or is this going to be the temperature and race day? Or what if you get cold and um, all these things that aren't serving you to like set the intention. And the intention was just go out and swim to the buoy. And then we swam to the other buoy and then we swam in and it was, it was phenomenal just to swim with everybody. Really cool to sight, you know, just sight and see people, you know, and then look the other way and people, you know. So that, I think that was a really, um, really powerful moment in the expansion of Yogi Trathley and as my, my um, growth as a coach to mm-hmm. have these in-person experiences. And it started, you know, to, back to what you said, it started when I had, you know, a call with Christian or a text with Christian 24 hours before because he's got a new baby. And it's like, okay, I don't know if I'm coming to the race or not. And it was just like, just be there and take the information as it comes, one breath at a time. You don't have to make any decision right now. All you do is just take what the doctor says, just make a decision from that. So practicing presence. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty profound. So how were the nights leading into the race? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have some opportunity? Big opportunity. Thursday night, no problem. Thursday night we slept. You had something on your mind. Though. Oh yeah, I had a restless. That's right. There was something on your mind. Thursday night was restless. That the ego was hassling you. Yeah, about. Was, and then Friday night somehow. So Thursday night I got through that, and you know, really shifted focus when I got up and was like, okay, well, yeah, that's the way it was. Move forward. It was, um, and it was a product of you letting your yes be yes and your no be no, mm-hmm. which is not always easy. No, that's that's the very reason why you, if you want to shift and pivot the way that you navigate this world, you need to notice those experiences and 
move forward despite the uneasiness oh, that they so cause. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah, and it's so hard because you care so much. You're so kind and you care so much. And so, you know, we came up against that same thing and letting your yes be yes and just letting somebody else have their experience while you're staying strong is so hard because you just, it's just hard. It can be so hard. So you had some restless sleep. Um, on Thursday. On Thursday. Friday night. On Wednesday too, bef- the night before we left. Oh yeah, I was tossing yeah. and turning a little bit. And then I think like the first then it was like the first night in the place. Sleep was okay on Thursday night. But then Friday night was a, a Friday rich- night was an adventure. <laughs> I finally settled into bed, I think at like five thirty or six after we ate. And then and downstairs the dog was barking. And it's a dog that we had seen earlier. Um when we all went for a little spin. So we saw the dog downstairs. And, so sweet. And the dog was barking, so we just thought it would end and six became seven and seven became seven thirty eight and still the dog was barking <laughs> and so you know reached out to the owner who um, was awesome who was amazing so responsive and so we navigated the night and came to like nine o'clock or nine thirty I think it was finally where when you went downstairs and I was getting visions of the night before my sister's Wedding, wedding when we were taking care of that dog. Oh God, and she's like, yeah. I just want to go to sleep. I locked myself in the room with the dog, <laughs> padded up underneath so nobody could hear anything because the dog was whining. So I took I took one for the team. Yeah, we were dog sitting. Um, anyway. But yeah, so you, you end up going downstairs. We don't have to get into the details, but but basically the dog, you know, was fine. Just needed to go into the house and um, yeah. just felt comfortable in there. And so I could have let that experience really just it could have been catastrophized to like, how am I ever going to be able to race? Uh, but we just kept, we just kept calm and and moved from a loving, a loving feeling, and and knew that you know tomorrow's going to come. Uh, it's a three fifteen a.m. wake up call, and this sleep does not dictate what your performance will be on race day. It's simply just sleep. That's it. Just keep yeah. things really neutral. What kept coming in for me in those nights of just like restless sleep or whatever it was, it was just, I just kept saying, like it kept coming to me because it's hard for, it's not like I'm just like, oh, I'm all relaxed while the dog's barking and like time is ticking and you're not getting sleep after not having, you know, two nights of sleep, knowing that you want to, you know, do well on race day and qualify for the world championship. And I remember like what just kept coming in for me, which I was sharing with you was this has no bearing on your performance on race day. This has no bearing on his performance on race day, unless you give it meaning to have bearing on his race day. And I was like, no, this has no, this has, this does not going to affect his race at all. Right. And I don't think it did. No, it, it's just, it, it's those excuses. There's nothing different between that dog and like, I didn't do that long bike ride or um, I should have, I should have uh, trained 16 weeks ago versus four. There's nothing different in that. It's like these excuses that wedge their way in there that say you're not good enough to be who you believe you can be. Yeah. And the, and also just like, so being in control of your mind, right? So I was going back and forth with the owner who was so nice and she was out of town and it was her son's responsibility. So she was not like at fault, but I could feel like, oh my God, I just want to go to sleep. And like texting her back and forth, being downstairs in the dark, in my pajamas, like trying to get the dog to, you know, not be scared of me. 
and just really self-regulating with not going into the story, not texting her and, and saying something that's going to make her feel more horrible about a situation she can't control because she's on the road. And I remember waking up the next morning and just being like, I am so glad that I didn't let the ego get in charge of that communication. It was about the dog and we loved the dog and he's so sweet. And it was, a, you know, she couldn't do anything. We, we couldn't do anything. And, and, um, but we came together and we, we found the solution. So it's just, God, you gotta it, get ahead of that ego. It's don't let it live your life. It's just terrible if it lives your life. And there's no, again, there's no difference than that than if it, you know, is pouring rain on race day or burning hot and, and humid and dry. Like if you're not training the mind to notice these experiences that are disturbing your, your life, if you can't notice them, then, then you're constantly going to be in fight or flight. Like you're going to feed them and you're going to create more anxiousness. So yeah. it's really good to see them and just um, meet them in the moment, be an active participant in it. Yeah. So why don't you take us through your day? I can't believe we're already like, we've already blown through like 50 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, so take us through your day really quick. Okay. No, Sorry. no race, take it. Swim, bike, run. <laughs> we want to know about, so that was like a Jedi mind trick. So Kat was wondering about the Jedi mind tricks. I mean, I think the sleep leading into it and just understanding that, you know, anything can change in an instant. You saw that with your injury and just stay present in the moment and don't drag the future, uh, drag the past into your future. Like it doesn't have to be your future. Every yeah, moment if, is brand new. What is that the essence of it? It's, it's presence. Whatever you need to do to ground yourself, take a breath, uh, move to a different spot, put on, take a shower, uh, interrupt the process so that you're zooming down into like right now because all this all this is just stuff. And it was it was really an important conversation I had with Christian on the on the bus ride over there because there's shuttle buses. There's two transition zones from uh, at St. George, and not that I could sense he was nervous. Maybe he was, but I just really focused on um, you've done all this work in preparation to get here. And the one thing that can derail you is this anxious energy and unknown, um, unknown of what is going to come and the fear of what ifs. And in, those, in that conversation, I expressed to him that, that this is an opportunity to allow. Allow the day to unfold. Allow the time we get to T2, T1 be the time you get to T1. Allow how many people are in front of you in the bathroom line to be that many people. Allow the water temperature to be the water temperature. Like allow these things to constantly show up without judgment. And just here, here's your adventure, here's your day, one experience after another. And you just keep going through the calm flow. Okay, we've got five minutes before we have to get in line. Great, what do I need to do? Versus like, oh my God, I need to... I need to get this. I need to get my wetsuit on. It was just, what do I need to do right now? And if you treat the whole day as a, a delivery of um, experience, then you're never getting caught up too far or too um, too far behind into what is actually happening right now. So just meet it with everything with new opportunity. Okay, we're standing in line right now. Great. Okay, well, now we're in the water. Okay, I just got hit by somebody on the swim. Okay. You just move forward. I'm on the bike. I missed an aid station. Okay, well, I'll hit the next one. 
and you're constantly staying in flow and calm, knowing that you'll, you'll always be provided for. You always will be provided for. Um, so for, I guess, you know, in talking to Christian, I was actually talking to myself. And because that's how I treated the day, the entire day was like, okay, well, what's next? What, what are you going to do for me next? Yeah, this guy, this, these three guys are drafting off this one uh, woman who's crushing it. Um, and they've been on her tail for about, you know, 15, 20 minutes now. Is it my job to go up and tell them? Like, that's the ego, like, get off her tail. Like, she's working hard. You guys aren't doing nothing, anything. But no, it wasn't my, it was my opportunity. I had my race. So what can I do? And what I needed to do was stay within my, my zone for that and not catch up to those guys. So Yeah, that would be total misuse of your energy mm-hmm. for your goals. Like, that's none of your business. What's it's going none on. of my business. And that is a tough, it's sometimes it's tough. Like that's where you're like, oh, like she's getting us, you know, she's pulling these guys and, oh. And um, she didn't know it. She didn't said. even know it. She wasn't looking back. They were just sucking they her were wheel. Just sucking the wheel. Yeah. If you're listening to this guy. I know you guys, <laughs> I got your numbers. Uh, but it's none of my business. So yeah, I mean, okay. So the swim. Awesome. Beautiful. You know, I put myself in line. I heard them call and I saw the 30 to 25 to 30 minutes. And I'm like, okay, this is where I need to be standing on the little orange dot that gives space. And then I kind of saw some people up front. There was a huge space in between uh, where the guy was holding the sign. And I saw them up there and I'm like, those aren't the pros. Cause I see the pros in the water. Uh, and so I walked up to the guy holding the sign 25 to 30. And I said, uh, you know, those faster swimmers. And he's like, yeah, they are. Uh, they're the next group. So I said, okay, I'm going up. So I just Without hesitation, I didn't ask him or anything. I just walked right up there and got with the faster people. Um, set the intention. Set the intention. Where do, you, where do you want to swim? And I got up there, and two seconds later, Christian came up from, uh, from the front. I don't know what he was doing. Oh, he had to get a, a timing chip. I guess he thought he forgot his, but it was like wrapped up in his wetsuit. <laughs> it's funny. So he had two timing chips. So Christian and I were together in line, and uh, we just waited, waited, you know, until the pros went off and then we, you know, just rolled into the water. And there was no like craziness at all. It was just like every five seconds, somebody would go in the water, get what in the water. What was the view like of the pro start from where you oh, were standing? Oh, it was brutal. I could see the pros starting. It was hammer time. Yeah, they were all over each other. I think there were 52 male pros, I want to say, 46 females, somewhere around there. And I have, I guess the female um, start was pretty brutal too. I mean, it was a confined space. It probably would have been better if they had a deep water start, but, um, yeah, it would, it looked brutal, but I knew, you know, being an age grouper, we're going off, you know, one by one. So I took the outside line, stayed wide, uh, sight both sides and found my groove and just kept swimming, um, as strong as I could. I, felt like I was flying. I felt like I was really moving. And I approached the, the finish and the uh, announcer was like, everybody now is under 30 minutes coming out of the water. And I was like, that's awesome. Like I'm thinking in my head, like, that's cool. Cause I don't have a watch. I don't know what my time is. I don't want to check it mid swim, you know? Um, and I had that in the back of my mind until the point that you told me when I finished the race, I asked you what my swim was. And you told me my swim was 31.10, I think. Oh, two. 31.02. So um, didn't quite get past 30. But 
I, I felt it. And the feeling is, is what's the most important thing here. Time is just, it's irrelevant. The physical will catch up. Yeah. You've already got the feeling. Right. So that's, there you go. It's already so manifesting. It's already happening. So next 70.3 worlds, uh, I'll be oh, perfect. swimming a sub 30. So swim was great. And then I got out of the swim and, and ran uh, to transition. And that's when something was showing in my foot, like a heel something going on. And I was like, I don't, I shouldn't be running fast. And how am I ever going to be able to run a half marathon today? That's how painful it was in my foot. (laughs) I love the thoughts that come in. Like, I'm not going to be able to run and I'm not even done with the bike yet. So it it was whatever, you know, just stay focused, just get to the bike. Uh, This time, no kit issues because I kept the kit zipped up and the wetsuit, um, uh, wetsuit was just zipped up over my kit. So yeah, I get on the bike and uh, that that bike coming out of that bike, it's such beautiful pavement and the wide they just pave these wide wide. You get a nice climb right out of transition. Sh- yeah, yeah. But we go back to the oh the the roads were just so <laughs> wide because they just paved them. There's no lines and I don't know why they're so wide, but I don't know like a half a mile wide. Maybe that's a little <laughs> too much. But we were like we could go anywhere we wanted. It was awesome, but the pavement was so smooth. And yeah, we, there were some climbs. It's definitely a rolling course with, with the big climb in Snow Canyon. Um, and didn't really feel any wind until one little section. This little out and back we did going back into the Sand Hollow. Uh, we come back out on the road and then I felt this big, powerful wind come by for a few gusts and it kind of like, you got to kind of get out of arrow and come back into your hoods. Uh, but other than that, um, yeah, the bike was, was good, strong. I felt strong. I went for it. Um, after like mile 15 or 20, I started to really put some effort in. Um, but again, you know, I don't have that driving. I didn't have that driving push off my left side, the glute. Um, yeah. You weren't has, at peak fitness, which is fine because you want to peak at Coeur d'Alene and you had like 10 weeks of biking and running, but yeah, so you could feel that you could feel the opportunity for more strength, much more opportunity. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have it. Even going up snow Canyon, I was really dragging. There were a lot of people that passed me in snow Canyon until Andrew, uh, came up. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. He came up, pulled up alongside me and I recognized them. And he just said, uh, this is so much fun. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. He's like only about a, you know, one or two minutes more to go. And then we turn. And for me, the mind craved that and was like, oh, thank God. You always get the information you need, need you know, not a moment too soon and not a moment too late. I love that. We always get the information. Are we we paying attention to that? Are we paying attention to that? I would say not. I would say no. No. But it was a gift. And then we, we made that turn and bomb, you bomb out of Snow Canyon down into town. Like super fast. I don't know how fast we were going, but I was going really fast. I'll have to look at what that speed was. I only look at cadence on race day. What was your cadence? 80, 80, you know, 78, 82. Just hang, hover around there. Um, except obviously when you're climbing, it goes, it goes down more. But uh, any moments of uh, mindset adjustment on the bike? Snow Canyon. Yeah. I felt like I, well, two moments. That was a moment of like, oh shit, like I don't have this, I don't have the legs to push like I could, um, like I could before in the past. But also there was this one moment, there was this hill and I pulled up alongside uh, the base salt girl with the, 
fiery red hair and this loud bike. I can't. I think she had a, a Cervelo. I, I want to say everything about her was loud. And I even passed. Like I caught up to her and I was like, I should hang back here. There's a hill coming. Then I'm like, oh, I feel good. I'm gonna go climb this hill. So I started passing her and I was like, You look. You look awesome. Love the hair. And she's like, Thanks. I'm like, Loud and proud. And she was like, Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I pushed up the hill and felt really strong because I was passing a lot of cyclists um, who probably passed me when we got to Snow Canyon. But yeah, it was an experience to to just see where I was. Obviously, I didn't have the bike fitness um, under me, but again, gr- gratefulness, gratitude, appreciation for being there, being able to physically move my body. Raced into town, <laughs> ran through T2 on this um, gravelly pavement in my bare feet because I leave my shoes locked, uh, stuck, uh, clipped into my bike. And uh, again, had to slow down. And didn't even, actually didn't think about the heel at that point. I guess it was long gone. Funny. Got to my, got to my, uh, wrecked my bike, got to my run gear, and the first few steps out of T2 in my Hoka One One Mach 4s, <laughs> which have about 150 miles on, felt Amazing. And I, you know me, I don't talk about shoes that much. I really don't. I kind of, it's a mindset. I don't believe that shoes make a difference in, in me as an athlete. And except they, the Mach 4. Except the Mach 4. I love the Mach 4. So you guys can have your experience. For me, the Mach 4s, I felt like I was running on clouds. I felt um, a kickback. I felt smooth. I felt, I felt like a runner. I felt just, <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, but it was like hold hold it down, boy. Like, like stay stay in control. Um, took the first mile out pretty easy, and then I had to go to the bathroom. Like I felt I needed to go to the bathroom. Nothing like I've ever felt before. So I, as I approached the mile one, I think there were porta johns there. I just like eh, I, I'm going to try and go to mile two. And it's a false flat as you as you leave town <laughs> until you get to the hill, and then it's a real hill. Um, and as I approached that that aid station, uh, that that second aid station in the Porta Johns, I'm like, I can't continue on. Like something's going to happen. <laughs> so for the first time in my racing experience of triathlons, I had to go into the Porta John and and let loose, um, <laughs> which was so relieving. I gotta say, it was so amazing because once I got out of there, put my suit back on, uh, I grabbed um, I think a little bit of water, and I was off. Um, from that point on, it was like race on. So that's two miles. So I had 11 miles to go and it felt great. When did you see, you said you saw Lionel and Sam. So that was about mile, almost mile one. I was literally on the other side of the road when I saw Talbot. Talbot stood out to me. He had his camera and he was following behind Sam Long and Lionel, just neck and neck at that point, battling it out. And I was heading out on the run. So they were already, you know, an hour and a half. Uh, ahead of me. So cool. Yeah. Then they have like a big kind of entourage. They did. They were like cycle, like I've, I don't know, 10, 15 cyclists (laughs) just there hanging out behind them. So cool. Their entourage. Yeah. So the run is up and down. I, you know, I fueled, this is interesting. I fueled on Coke only because that's what felt good to me. So I I feel like you've done that before. I did that in Louisville, the Ironman. That's a lot of Coke. A lot of Coke. Yeah. Yeah. But half Ironman, you can probably I can get be. get away with it. Yeah, it felt great. I was jazzed. I pushed the hills because <laughs> you were all coked up. I was all dude. coked up. It was it was not flat. 
by any means. Uh, long, long uphills and long, long descents. But you get to about mile 10 and it's uh, 10 and a half and it's downhill all the way. So I just kept flying and flying and pushing it. Um, I don't know how fast, well, looking back, my last 5K was 6.35 pace, 6.40 pace, somewhere around there for the last 5K. It's downhill, but everybody gets the opportunity to run it. Right. And um, I just felt this overwhelming gratitude and started to smile. Mm. And I saw Laura come around the turn under the bridge and it lit me up. I was like so fired up to see her. She was smiling and we gave each other like a huge high five, a low five. I don't know. I was just like winding up and giving her a <laughs> high five. I was really excited on Coke. And, and then I passed some guys who I had run out with who were, who were toast. You know, they had, for some reason, they had felt they'd gone too hard and didn't have it. And so that for me is fuel, fuel that keep going harder and faster. And uh, yeah, went across the finish line, big smile. And um, so grateful for my 19th um, spot uh, in my age group. I think you said I was seventh going out of transition yeah, in T2. Were, it was, you know, just fluctuate. The, the placements fluctuate a lot because, especially in transitions, because people are going to come in after you that had faster swims. And yeah, so you were everywhere. You were 12th, you were fourth, you were seventh, you were 15th. And then after you crossed the finish line, I think, I don't know, maybe 15th or 16th. And then I was like, you're 17th. You're, yeah, you're You continue to roll down. Let you're things, 19th. Let things sort themselves holding. out. Yeah. <laughs> but that got you a spot to go back in so, September. This is cool too, because we were sitting in the grass and Andrew and Jilly came over and they were going, or, you know, I asked them like, where are you guys going? And they were headed to the uh, spot allocation for Worlds. And, and they were like, you should go. I'm like, I'm 19th. And they said, there's a lot of spots. So I immediately asked Jess if she had a credit card because I didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is this was <laughs> yeah. interesting, but not so interesting. I um, left the after getting back from the swim. I, at this point, was leaving. We had a place that was really close. And so it was kind of, um, you know, we were leaving the key under the mat so people could kind of come and go, whatever they needed. And uh, Jody, who is Ben's wife, she was at our place and I was walking to the village and I just got this hit to get our, de like our yogi triathlete card. And so I was like, I started the text store and I was like, no, I'll just go back and get it. And I was like, oh, I'll just go get it later. Right. And I'm like, no, you just got this hit. Like ask her to tell her where your wallet is and ask her to get it. And I thought it was originally because there was this really cool store called uh, Awakened Soul. I was going to go there and buy up some stuff, but I never got over there. And so when you asked me that, I was like, oh my God, as a matter of fact, I do. And I ha and it's the Yogi Triathlete one because, um, you know, Worlds is a business it's expense. a business expense. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, so we walked over there to, to see what it was all about. And yeah, there were 24 spots in my age group. And uh, I took one, without doubt, like to be there with the best in the world, um, to come back and do the course again, hell yeah, I want to be on this course. I, I, I love this course. It's everything about um, triathlon that really lights me up. So um, really excited, grateful. I, I'm, if I didn't keep momentum moving forward, Back in November, when this, when the first feeling of like, you know, after 
Iron Man 70.3 Arizona, like stuff started to settle in the body. If I just didn't keep showing up every day to do something, I would have never shown up as, you know, as fit as I could be last Saturday and put myself in a position to get a spot for Worlds. Yeah, 19th could have easily been 39. Could have easily been last. <laughs> I know. Could have even easily been a DNF. Did, did not finish. Yeah. So I, I think the lesson here is, is you must, must, if it's laid upon your heart to to be your best like deep down you know that you can do, you can do something or you know that you're you're there's something more there you must give yourself the opportunity you got you've got to put yourself in the position and in order to do that you need to be there so you can talk all you want you can read all you want you can listen to all the podcasts you want if you don't put yourself physically in the opportunity to act then you're you're constantly um, delaying the inevitable. Yeah, because it's only through experience that we grow, right? We can't intellectualize ourselves into a higher state of athletic fitness or consciousness. We must, must be willing to put ourselves into experience. And I think that's where detachment comes in so handy. It's just being in experience and letting go of the results will help you greatly in staying in this in the present moment and navigating from your most available self, which is in the present moment. Your, all your potential is in presence. And there's so much that you could have carried and worried about and brought into your day and taken on the bike and, you know... Um, wasted your energy. It was something meditator Bob and I were talking about in our last session was just like the wasting of energy, so much wasting of energy. Here's a great way to not waste energy. Like unless somebody's asking for your opinion, don't give it. Right? Like there's a sure. great way to just not waste your energy. So don't don't hunt down the guys chasing the woman um, on the bike because yeah. you're just wasting energy. Like You're the most it. important person on your journey right. and your journey is the most important journey of your life. So Detachment. Detachment is, I want to say it's like the golden ticket. It, it's oh, like, it's everything. If you can detach, like when I said I wasn't, it doesn't matter what happens, although I'm going to do everything possible to move forward, but I'm detached. Like so much amazing things open up. So if you're if you're attached to to things in your life, physical things, or how experiences need to unfold, or you know even the way that um, that your food needs to be prepared, like challenge that and, and see if you can be okay without things um, going the way that they that you believe they must go. And the only reason we've been able to learn about detachment or how to become detached is through experience, through the pain and suffering yeah, so, of experience. So how, does, how does it all come down? It's experience. Like yeah. go out and have and experience. Yeah, there's pain and suffering and experience, but right. it only has the meaning that we give it to. We give it. To it. Right? Everything mm -hmm. is neutral until we give it meaning. Mm -hmm. That's such a powerful stance to live from. You give it meaning. Yep. So, did we want to talk about James last final James? Uh, what are we looking yeah, at on time? All right, sure. Let's talk about James. James. So we headed up north. Go see the Iron Cowboy, James Lawrence, who's doing a hundred Ironmans in a hundred days. 
We joined him for day 65. Oh, I so he's having a he was having like tough 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 situation time. this morning. I wonder how he's doing. In day 66 cuz we swam. So we swam day 65. I went out and biked with him um for one of the the bikes and then I came back and did 6 miles with him on his walk. Um that was the first day and then the second day you and I joined him for another swim before mm-hmm. we headed out of town. Yeah, the swim's great. It's so nice. You can just walk in there, jump in the pool and ladies if you have any kind of like inspiration to go and do it, there needs to be more ladies there. Um, besides his pacer, I was the only lady in the pool. But you know that's so fun. It's so fun too to like be able to have a level of fitness where I can jump in and do two iron distance swims in two days and just be totally fine and be able to hang. I love that. I love swim fitness. Swim He's, fitness is awesome. Yeah. So the recovery, like recovery, like. The day after the race, I went for a ride. We did a little bit of yoga. And then we went up to see James and we swam every day. Um, I went out and biked. Um, You went out and biked and did a trail run. And so this is why we do what we do. We just keep this uh, constant flow of activity, moderate to light, knowing that we can jump in at any time to to do epic things. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like right now I have like a fitness level of like, um, I feel like I have like a 50K fitness level or a half Ironman fitness level, like right now. And then if if I steered in either of those directions, we just adjust the training for whatever it is that's on the schedule. All right, <laughs> Clark is adjusting here. Clark is, oh my God. His He's so sucked so in. I wish you guys could see this. So yeah, pretty up-leveling. James is going to do it. It's all mindset. He's hurting, but he's also dealt with um, sensation in the body before. And his support crew, Sonny, Casey, Aaron, Carly, like the whole crew. They're unshakable. Yeah, just it's an amazing community up there. Yeah, so spending some time with him, like, yeah, I mean, he's pretty unwavering. So, uh, I mean, mentally he's locked in. So see how it pans out, right? Like I can even feel myself getting attached like, oh my God, he has to do it. And it's like, I, I don't know what's going to happen between now and 100, you know? He's We're, got 30 days left. But I don't want to be uh, the energy <laughs> of of doubt <laughs> uh, for him. So it was really cool to just be with them and be in that just feel his energy and get a little just, bit of uh, where his mindset is. And, and yeah. just be there. Just be there. You don't have to talk. He's, it's just like be there and listen and, and just be in his energy. Like yeah. He just loves um, for people to be there. So yeah. amazing. Really cool. Good stuff. Glad we went. All right, you guys. Uh, we went a little over on this one. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next month. See you next month.